1 John here to begin with here this morning. Uh, we're going to look at some of the details of the tribulation period, and we'll get back to that here, uh, Lord willing, in a few weeks maybe. And uh, we've been considering some thoughts on the Jews or Israel in Bible prophecy. We considered that last week. But uh, this morning, I want to shift gears a little bit, not looking at the details, so to speak, of, uh, of, who, of, of what's coming, but rather who's coming. And so we're going to consider here uh, who's coming as far as the tribulation period. And again, there's a lot of speculation about this particular character and this person who's coming. But I want to be talking here this morning about the false Messiah, the Antichrist. And so we're going to be talking about him here this morning. And uh, again, we're looking at his, uh, some of his characteristics and who he is and his names and all these kind of things. But let's begin here in 1 John chapter 2 and starting in verse number 15. 1 John chapter 2, verse number 15. The Bible says, Love not the world, either the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. The world passes away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Little children, it is the last time, and as ye have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists, whereby we know it is the last time. And so I want to talk to you here this morning about the Antichrist. It says, and it says there in verse 18, it says, Little children, it is the last time, and ye have heard the Antichrist shall come. Let's pray as we consider some thoughts on the Antichrist. Father, thank you again uh, for this morning. Again, I pray that you'd help us again to uh, rightly divide the word of truth. Help us again to understand some of the things uh, concerning this personality and this person that is to come. Uh, help us by your grace again to be able to uh, take these things in and understand uh, more about this counterfeit, again, Messiah. Again, bless this time as we meet again. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says here in verse number 18 that the Antichrist is coming. There says that you have heard that the Antichrist shall come. And it says there are many Antichrists. In the world, and so just want to mention this about Antichrist. There's more than one Antichrist, but there is a specific Antichrist that will come on the scene during the tribulation period. And so let's turn, if you would, to Second Thessalonians chapter two. We haven't done much with Second Thessalonians chapter two, but we're going to consider some thoughts from there this morning. Again, this is one of those chapters of the Bible that deals with Bible prophecy. And has much to say about this particular person, the Antichrist. And so, again, let's pick up there in verse number 1, and we'll read through verse number 10. We'll consider some of the names given to this character, the Antichrist. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and by our gathering together unto him, that you be not shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there shall come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God and that is worship 
So that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in this time. And the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. And then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And so I want to talk to you here a little bit this morning about this Antichrist. And so we're going to consider some thoughts here, first of all, from this chapter that deals with some of the names that he's been given or personality that he has come to be known as. I want you to notice, first of all, before the Antichrist comes, there's going to be a time of apostasy uh, that the Bible talks about. And so the Bible mentions that there'll be a falling away first before this man is revealed. In verse three, it says, now let no man deceive you by any means that that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. And so we see some names given to this Antichrist figure. He's called a man of sin or the man, you could say, of sin. He will be revealed, he will be exalted as a man and he will be exalted to be God and he will declare himself to be God, and he will be worshipped as God. And so this man, again, here is mentioned here in this chapter of the Bible as, first of all, one of his names given, the man of sin, or a man of sin. He's also called, in verse number three, the son of perdition. He's the son of perdition. The word perdition means ruin, loss, utter destruction. He's the son of utter destruction, ruin, loss. He is the anti-Christ figure. He is called that wicked. In verse number nine, uh, verse number uh, nine, it says there, it says, even him whose coming is after the working of Satan with all powers and signs and lying wonders. Verse eight, it says, then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. So the end of the Antichrist will be when the Christ, the true Christ, destroys him. And we saw what we see him in the Bible, he's that wicked one. Uh, Jesus Christ is called that holy one. He is the opposite of Jesus Christ. He will be a satanically empowered personality. He is the man of sin. He is that wicked man. He is also, if you turn to Revelation chapter 13, called the beast. The beast. Revelation chapter 13. Let's turn over there. Revelation 13. The most common name for the Antichrist is, I believe, the Antichrist, but a word or name given to the Antichrist is also showed here several times in Revelation chapter 13, and he's simply called a beast or the beast. Revelation chapter 13, verse 1, it says, And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise out of the sea having seven horns and seven and ten heads, and upon his, hor his horns ten crowns, and upon his head the same, the name of blasphemy. 
And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were like unto the feet of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and his authority. And so just want to mention verse number two. You see, again, where he gets all his authority, his power, all these kind of things. He gets it from Satan, the dragon. It says, and I saw one of his heads, as it were, wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. And so we see another name given to him. We see he's given the name a man of sin or the man of sin. He's given that name the son of perdition. He's given that name the wicked or wicked one. He's given the name the beast, and he's given the name the Antichrist, which again we see in there in 1 John chapter 2, verse number 18. I just want us to back up there and just consider some things, uh, first of all, about an Antichrist or Antichrist. And I just want to mention again, an Antichrist is someone against Christ. He is also someone instead of Christ. And so when you think of an Antichrist, he is someone against or anti Again, anti meaning against, in opposition to Christ. But he's not only against Christ, but he's also in a position, is someone who's accepted as a substitute Christ. Uh, again, a false Messiah. First John chapter 2, verse 18 says again, it says, little children, it is the last time. So the last time has been around for a while, hasn't it? Since the writing of this. It is the last time. And it says there, and as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby you know it's the last time. And so how do we know there are, we're in the last times or they were in the last times? It says because there are many Antichrists. There are many against Christ. There are many, again, who substitute themselves as Christ. A Christ is someone anointed. And again, there are people that, Again, again, put themselves in a position they, they are anointed, in a sense, against Christ. They are against Christ. And so I want to consider, first of all, some things concerning this Antichrist. We looked at his names, but I want to look at his character. First of all, as we consider the character traits of the Antichrist, where did he come from? Where does the Antichrist come from? Let's turn to Revelation chapter 6. He comes on the scene mysteriously again the bible doesn't exactly tell us where he comes from although in revelation chapter 11 it does seem to indicate where he does come from uh, revelation chapter 6 verse number 1 revelation 6 verse number 1 the origins of the antichrist come at the beginning of the tribulation period and uh, the bible says here in revelation 6 verse number 1 and 2 it says and i saw when the lamb opened up one of the seals and it heard, as it were, the noise of the thunder, one of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw beholding white horse and he that sat on him had a bow and a crown was given him and he went out forth conquering and to conquer. And so again, the Bible talks about this person on a white horse. Again, just like Jesus will come back on a white horse in Revelation chapter 19, the Antichrist will come on a white horse. He has a bow in his head. And the Bible says a crown was given him. And so he had some kind of authority there. 
and he conquers and to conquer. We see the origin of him revealed here in the book of Revelation. Again, let's turn to Revelation chapter 11. Where does he come from? As Jesus came down from heaven, John chapter 6, verse 38. It appears here in Revelation chapter 11, the origins of this Antichrist uh, seems to come right from the pit of hell. Again, I, I don't exactly understand this. Some, again, think that, again, maybe Judas will uh, be reappearing on the scene. I, I don't believe that necessarily, but it does say this in Revelation chapter 11, verse number 7. It says, And when they have finished their testimony, this is speaking about those two prophets we talked about there last week, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them, the beast. Again, this is the same beast that we talked about already as far as, again, mentioned here in the book of Revelation. But it says he ascendeth out of the bottomless pit. It would almost seem to be natural for him to come from the pit, the bottomless pit, from hell. Jesus from heaven, the Antichrist from hell. Again, this again just may mean that he is a supporter of hell. He's the epitome of people that would, again, steer people to hell. He is an Antichrist figure. He's a false messiah. Let's turn to John chapter 8 there in the New Testament. Again, we see the origin of the Antichrist. It says he'll come on the scene peaceably on a white horse and uh, appear to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker, not, again, uh, someone, again, who would be against people, but more along the lines of someone who would be helpful and maybe the situations that are happening around the world at that time. And uh, John chapter 8 and verse number 44, we look at, secondly, I want to look at here the objective of the Antichrist, not only the origin, but the objective. Just like Jesus has an objective to seek and to save that which is lost, his objective is to destroy all that are lost. John chapter 8, verse number 44, it says, Ye are of the, your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. Speak about Satan. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And so Satan is the father of lies. The Antichrist would be the son of lies. He will be a master deceiver, a master destroyer, he will kill those who oppose him. Just like Satan, he is a murderer from the beginning. Let's turn to Revelation chapter 11. During the tribulation period, the beast will kill those that oppose him. And he will destroy those who would uh, uh, fight against him. He will kill, as you see here in Revelation chapter 11, verse number 7, he will kill those two prophets of God sent to the Jews and to the world to warn them uh, concerning these things that have come upon the earth. In uh, Revelation 11, it says, And when they had finished their testimony, uh, the, the beast which ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them, and their dead bodies shall lie in the street of that great city, which uh, spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt, where our Lord was crucified. 
And they, they and all the people and kindreds of nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half and, and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in the graves. Now you just see the treatment of the true prophets of God by the Antichrist. They'll kill these true prophets of God when their testimony is finished, when their mission is finished. And they'll be lying there in the streets of Jerusalem. So we see again the objective of the Antichrist to destroy, to annihilate, to uh, put down all the opposed him and what he stand for, stands for. Uh, let's turn to Daniel chapter 8, if you would. Daniel chapter 8. To subtly kill and destroy, to um, put down those that oppose lies and oppose his, his desire to be uh, again, uh, worshipped as God and, and uh, thought of as God and uh, thought to be the Messiah, the true Christ. He's not that. He's actually a false Christ. Daniel chapter 8, verse number 23, it says, and, and the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come and full, a king of fierce countenance. And again, he comes with that crown. Again, Revelation 6, white horse. And understanding dark sentences shall stand up, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power. He shall destroy wonderfully, and shall prosper and practice, and shall destroy the mighty and his holy people. And through his policy, he shall cause craft to prosper in his hand, and he shall magnify himself in his heart, and by peace shall destroy many. He shall also stand up against the princes, prince of princes, but he shall be broken without hand. And so we see this, again, this kingly figure, this leader figure, and he will be against someone who will suddenly kill. He'll destroy by peace, the Bible says there, verse number 25. That's unusual. It says, by peace shall he destroy many. How he will do this, I don't know, but we'll see again. He'll be uh, uh, certainly, again, maybe supportive of peace, but through peace, he'll destroy many. He'll stamp out his opposition. He'll put down all rule and authority that opposes him. He'll be a one world type of leader. I want you to turn, if you would, to Revelation chapter 13. You know, the Lord Jesus came onto his own and his own received him not. The Bible says that. So he came on to Israel, he came to the Jews. And they did not receive him. John chapter 1, verse 11 says, He came on to his own, and his own received him not. But what about the Antichrist? Revelation chapter 13. Revelation chapter 13. The Antichrist will come on, I believe, as a politician of sorts, a military leader of sorts, a peace-loving person of sorts. He will be well-liked. He will be well-loved. He will be popular. He will be well received. In fact, look at here, Revelation 13 and uh, verse number 6 and verse number 7. Revelation 13, verse 6, 7. It says here, And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, and them that are in heaven. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And power was give, given unto all him of all kindreds and nations and tongues. We read on there in verse number 8, it says, 
and, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose name are not written in the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If any man have an ear, let him hear. You say, how, how popular will it be? He says, all them that dwell on the earth shall worship him. He'll be very popular. He will be well received. Jesus was not popular. He's still not popular today. He is not well received. Isaiah 53 3 says of Christ, He is despised and rejected of man, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. The Antichrist, well received. People come and worship him. They'll worship this Antichrist figure, they'll worship this man of sin. The worst is this son of perdition. We see also in Revelation 13 and verse number three, we see not only the acceptance of the Antichrist, but we see the admiration of the Antichrist. Revelation chapter 13, verse three, it says, And I saw one of his heads as it was wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power onto the beast. So they're going to worship Satan, the dragon, and that gave power to the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is, like, who is able to make war with him? And there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. And he opened his mouth to blaspheme against God, and to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle on them that dwell in heaven. So there's going to come on the scene a man that will oppose heaven, will speak against heaven, will blaspheme heaven. We worship by many here. And the Bible says there in, in verse number, uh, verse number uh, three, it says, And all the world wondered after the beast. You're going to admire the beast. They think, you know, this, this man is something. Again, the Bible mentions there that his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after him. He was wounded to death. And now he seems to be alive and the world will wonder after him. Verse number 12, it says, and he exercised all the power of the first beat, is speaking, again, a false prophet here, but I want you to notice here in verse number 12, it says, And he exercised all the power of the first beat before him and causes the earth and them that dwell therein to worship the beast. And those that dwell, the, the, uh, whose deadly wound was healed. And so like there was a John the Baptist, there will be a false prophet who will point people to the Antichrist and cause people to be supportive of the Antichrist. And it goes on there in verse number 13, speaking of the false prophet, he says, He doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire to come down out of heaven on the earth in the sight of man. And so this false prophet will have great power. Verse number 14, He deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had a wound by a sword and did live. And so it appears here, and the Bible says here, he will be wounded by a sword. Somehow he will be 
again, be inflicted, this Antichrist, by a sword, and people will be encouraged to follow after this Antichrist. The false prophet will be supportive of the Antichrist. He will be adored and worshipped by men as God, the true Christ. You think about the Christ, the true Christ, the world, what do they do with him? The religious crowd said, crucify him, crucify him. Christ was hated. Sadly, the Antichrist will be admired and worshipped and fouled by many, being supported by this false prophet who's able to do signs and lying wonders, having powers from the devil, just like this Antichrist will have powers from the devil. I want to set th- uh, fifthly speak about the authority of the Antichrist. The authority of the Antichrist. Let's turn to John chapter 5, verse number 43. Who is behind the Antichrist? We've talked about this some, but I want to want again that you to understand that this Antichrist will have the support, the full support, all the support, if you would, of the devil. As Jesus had the support of his father. So this Antichrist will have the support of the devil. John chapter 5, verse 43, speaking of Christ, he says, I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another shall come in his own name, him will you receive. So Jesus' authority came from his Father. This Antichrist, his authority will come from himself but also will come from Satan. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 8. We're going to look at a few verses in the book of Daniel. Again, if we had more time, we'd spend more time in the book of Daniel and consider uh, some more scriptures that deals with the end times here. But again, we just want to kind of cover this personality of the Antichrist. Daniel chapter 8. Back there in the Old Testament, you have uh, the book of Daniel towards the end of the Old Testament. Uh, Daniel chapter 8 and verse number 23. The authority of the Antichrist. He will get a fleshly authority, just like Jesus had a spiritual authority, the authority of God. His authority will be of the devil. John chapter 8, verse number 23, it says, In the latter time of their kingdom, when the transgressors are come to a full, a king of fierce countenance and understanding dark sentences will stand up, and his power shall be mighty, but not by his own power, and he shall destroy wonderfully and shall prosper and practice and shall destroy the mighty and the holy people. And so this Antichrist, he will not only oppose Christianity, but he'll oppose the Jews. And uh, you see, either he shall destroy wonderfully. Now, it's not wonderful that he'll destroy, but in a powerful sense, he will destroy many. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 11. This, uh, this Antichrist, I want to consider... Uh, also, his activities, his activities. Now, again, there's a lot more said about his activities than what we're going to look at this morning here. And so as we write down and, and you're taking notes, again, you can look at these chapters that we've uh, looked at. There's more details here. But uh, Daniel chapter 11 and verse number 24. Uh, actually, let's start in verse number 21 through verse number 24. As we consider the actions of the Antichrist, his actions... And the root of his actions will be the opposite of that of Christ. His actions will be sinful and wicked, where Jesus' actions were pure and holy. 
Uh, Daniel chapter 11, verse number 21, it says, And in his estate shall stand up a vile person to whom they shall not give the, pow- uh, give the honor of the kingdom, but he shall come in peaceably, obtain the kingdom by flatteries. And with the arm of, of a flood shall they be overthrown be- from before him and shall be broken, yea, they sh- the, also the princes of the covenant and after the league made with him, he shall work deceitfully, for he shall come up and shall become strong with a small people. And he shall enter peaceably, even upon the fattest places of the providence. And he shall do that which his fathers have not done, nor his father's fathers. And he shall scatter among them the prey, the spoil, the riches. Yea, he shall forecast his devices against the strongholds, even for, uh, even for a time. It's just stirred up against power, courage, and I mentioned some, again, uh, uh, alliances and legions and things he'll go against and all that kind of stuff. But we find here in the Bible, again, his actions will be of a vile person, a vile person, a wicked person. But he'll come in peaceably, verse number 21, He'll come in peaceably, and he'll overthrow like a flood in verse number 22. And so he'll get to his place of power by peace. And verse number 21 says, by flattery. Now, people like to be flattered. It's amazing how many politicians today, all they do seek to do to some degree is to flatter and to promise and all these kind of things to different people. And they... They have a smooth tongue and they have, again, a smooth way of saying things and they can flatter people and, and cause people to think they're great and wonderful and all these kind of things. And, and yet the Bible describes him as a, a vile person that comes in peaceably, that obtains the kingdom by flattery, verse number 21. And I'd like to, again, name a name of someone, again, who's in elected office today that's uh, just a, a total... A flatterer, but I'll, I'll skip that. But uh, again, flattery, just just smooth tongue. I mean, personality, whatever. Again, just the opposite of Christ. Again, Christ was someone that spoke the truth in love, but yet this guy will flatter. He'll lie with his tongue. He's deceptive. He's the devil's son. He's the son of perdition. He's the opposite of the truth. Let's turn to John chapter 14. This this wicked one, this vile one, this son of perdition, again, this son that seeks to destroy. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. He will seek to destroy that which is lost. I think it's interesting, I just heard someone just very recently say that you're very valuable. You know why we know we're valuable? Because the son wants you and the devil wants you. You know how valuable the son is seeking you? And the devil wants to destroy you. Again, we see, someone says, well, how can you see that? I can see value in that. If, if you weren't worth anything, no one would be after you. No one desired to have you. No one would want you. The son wants you in heaven. Satan wants you in hell. You, you have value. And yet the Bible says of the son, instead of coming through flattery and all those kind of things and lying and deceivableness of men, 
Uh, John chapter 14, verse 6 says this, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. I'm the truth. Santa Christ will be an unethical, immoral, blasphemous, degenerate, shameless, nasty, rotten, wicked person. And yet he'll come across, hey, I'm pretty good. And some people say, that's the side I want to be on. That's the one I want to worship. I mean, this guy, he was hurt, deadly wound, he was healed. He's the opposite of Christ in so many different ways. Christ holy, him sinful. Christ truthful, him subtle. Christ humble, him proud. Let's turn to Daniel chapter 11. So much. They talk about sometimes, you know, so-and-so is a direct opposite to so-and-so. Well, the Antichrist is the direct opposite of the Son of God. He's the direct opposite of the Son of God. You have Satan on one side, a false god. You have his son, the son of perdition. You have the Son of God. You have the Father. He's an imitator. He's a counterfeit. He will try to do himself. Uh, things, again, that are like unto the Son of God. In fact, in Daniel chapter 11, let's turn over there if you haven't already, Daniel chapter 11, he will exalt himself. The Bible says in Revelation he'll exalt himself and call for worship. But look here in Daniel chapter 11, verse number 36 and verse number 37, it says, and the king shall do according to his will. You know, Jesus did after his father's will. Antichrist to do after his will, which is Satan's will, but I'm just saying it's, it's, it's after himself. And he shall exalt himself, you know, like Absalom, like others throughout history, and magnify himself above every god, and shall speak marvelous against the god of gods, and shall prosper till the indignation be accomplished, for that which is determined shall be done. Neither shall he regard the god of his fathers, nor the desire of women, nor regard any God, and he will stand, and he shall magnify himself above all. And so he is the epitome of pride. He will exalt himself to be worshipped. He will force others to worship him. And the Bible says there, uh, again, in verse number 36, it says, Neither shall he regard the God of his fathers the God of his fathers. Most people believe he's going to be a Jew. He's going to not regard the God of his fathers, the Bible. Not going to regard this God. He is proud. He exalts himself. He magnifies himself above every God. He magnifies himself above all. He is the epitome of pride. He is the epitome of being a narcissist. He's self-reliant, self-dependent, independent, arrogant, boastful. Any word that deals with pride, you could describe that to be the Antichrist. So different than Christ. Let's turn to Philippians chapter 2. The Christ that came into this world to save you and me from our sin came as a humble servant. He came as a humble leader. He did not exalt himself. He did not call people again to, again, in a sense, to to put a king on his head, you know, a crown on his head, and all these kind of things. 
But he came again to be a savior for sinners. To take a position of humility. Philippians describes it well in Philippians chapter 2 here, verse number 5 through verse number 8. It says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not to be robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon himself a form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, and he being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. You see the humility of Christ. He humbled himself, became obedient unto death. This imitator is exactly the opposite. He imitates Christ in so many different ways. He imitates Christ in the way he appears. We've seen that in Revelation chapter 6. He'll come on the scene on a white horse. Revelation 19, let's turn there. I just want to look a little bit about Jesus. Jesus will come back on a white horse too, but you know, this true Christ will destroy the Antichrist. Revelation chapter 19 there in verse number 11 through verse number 16, when Christ returns, he'll return on a white horse. He will truly bring in peace for the millennial kingdom and then into eternity. He will set rights and he'll right the wrongs. In Revelation chapter 19, verse 11, it says, And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him, his name was called Faithful and True, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war in righteousness. For selfishness, for wickedness, the Antichrist will make war. Christ, again, he comes back and says in verse 12, it says, Eyes will be a flame of fire, and he and on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God, and the armies which are in heaven followed him upon a white horse, clothed in fine linen, white and clean, and out of his mouth cometh a sword, and with it he should smite the nations, and shall rule them with a rod of iron, and he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of Almighty God. And he had on his vesture an honest thigh named written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And this Antichrist would destroy. I mean, this Christ, the true Christ, would destroy the Antichrist. You see that in verse number 20. And the beast was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before them, uh, with which he deceived them that received the mark of the beast and that worshipped his image. These were both cast alive into the lake of uh, a burning with fire and brimstone, and the remnant that were slain with the sword that sat upon the horse, which is slain out of his mouth, all and all the foals of the, sorry, and all the fowls were filled with their flesh. Sorry, I didn't quite read that right, but again, you could read that again. But when the Christ comes back, he's going to destroy this imitator, and rightly so. As you look at his imitation, I just want to mention a few things that he imitates. He imitates the Christ and being the second person of a hellish trinity. I say a hellish trinity. The devil, the antichrist, and the false prophet. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The antichrist seeks to imitate Christ. If you turn to Revelation chapter 16, this antichrist is a wicked one. 
He's a wicked person. There's no holiness in him. He's full of the devil. He's full of lies. He's full of deceitfulness. He's a total hypocrite. Revelation chapter 16, verse 13, it says, And I saw three unclean spirits like frogs come out of the mouth of the dragon and out of the mouth of the beast and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Verse 13, where do these clean, unclean spirits, the dragon, the beast, the false prophet, that's the satanic trinity. Or triad, as some people call it. They don't like using the word trinity there. But the dragon, Satan, the beast, son of perdition, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. These all work on the side of evil, the side of hell, the side of the devil. And so the Antichrist, again, is the second person of this devilish trinity. The Antichrist is a spiritual person. Turn to Revelation chapter 13. A spiritual person, just like Satan Decided to be a spiritual person. Revelation chapter 13, verse 2, it says, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth was like the mouth of a lion. The dragon gave him his power and his seat and his authority. And so he's a spiritual person. You know, like Christ, full of the Holy Spirit. Full of the devil. The Antichrist will experience a fake, I believe, kind of a resurrection. You see that verse number three, it says, and I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death and his deadly wound was healed and all the world wondered after the beast. Verse 14, and deceived them that dwelt upon the earth by means of the miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had a wound by a sword and did live. So again, he, again, somehow it appears in the Bible will have some kind of experience like a resurrection. Something perhaps real. I believe it'll be another fake. Just like you see today, all the fakes, the Antichrist of today, they have spiritual, uh, again, spiritual experiences, spiritual wonders and the majority of these things are just fake. Christ experienced a true resurrection. The Antichrist will experience some kind of counterfeit resurrection. He will be worshipped. The Antichrist will be worshipped by unbelievers. Where Jesus is worshipped by true believers. The Antichrist again will have an unholy ministry of three and a half years. Isn't it interesting about three and a half years just like Christ had a ministry about three Three and a half years. Revelation 13, verse 5, it says there, it was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given to him to continue 40 and two months. 42 months he's going to have a ministry until he's put down, destroyed, cast into hell alive, along with the false prophet. His ministry is destruction. His ministry is death. But let's turn to Daniel chapter 7. I'm just about done here. I don't want to take too much time speaking of this personality, but I want to inform you at least to some degree about this this personality because he's coming just like Jesus is coming. And the world today, I believe, would accept an antichrist in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat, they'd accept a liar. They accept lies today. They 
except on truth today, they don't have time for God today. Why not have a perfect alternative for them to worship? Sadly, they will turn to worship him. Daniel chapter 7, verse number 25. Daniel chapter 7, verse number 25, it says here, and he'll shall speak great words against the Most High, and he shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws. Isn't the devil always for that? Just changing the laws, making new rules, defying what's right and wrong. And they shall be given in his hand until a time and times and a dividing of times. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy in the end. And the kingdom and the dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people and the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Yes, he'll have his time. He'll have his three and a half years. The world will have someone to admire, someone who will be a narcissist, will be proud, blasphemous, and they will seek to worship him. Verse 21 there, it says here a little bit more about him. It says, And I beheld, and the same horn made war with the saints and prevailed against them until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High. And the time came, and the saints possessed the kingdom. Antichrist is going to fall. He's going to fall hard. His authority is going to be taken from him. The king of kings and lord of lords will destroy that which opposed him and set himself against him. The one that ascended on the bottomless pit, whose activities are after the devil, who will be accepted by many that see him and admire him. His authority coming directly from the devil will be abolished and placed in the lake of fire. Let's turn back to our text there. As much as we know that the rapture is coming, we also know that this devil-filled person is coming. It says in verse number one, Now we see your brethren by the coming of our Lord Jesus and are gathering together unto him. Talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus, the rapture, and are gathering to him. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. Verse 2, that you be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter, as from us, as the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there be a falling away first. And so we've all heard this, maybe you haven't heard this, but there's going to be an apostasy before the rapture. And there's a lot of that going on. People that held to the truth, leaving the truth behind. And then it mentions, except there be a falling away since, then the man of sin will be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes himself and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, and that he as God sitteth upon the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. So Paul even talked about these things. It mentions verse number eight. It says there, Then shall that wicked reveal whose the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of coming, even whose coming is after the working of Satan, 
with all power and signs and lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the truth that they might be saved. Again, these are some thoughts on the Antichrist. Again, the Antichrist is the opposite of Christ. I just want to mention a few things in, in closing here today as we look at a summary of some of the things that are different between Christ and the Antichrist. The Son of God is a giver of life. The Son of perdition will give you eternal death. Again, the mystery of godliness is God was manifest in the flesh. The mystery of iniquity is some of the empowered of the devil. Again, as you think about the Christ, he was a man of sorrow, acquainted with grief and one of humility. There's a man of sin and great pride that is coming. The Christ is the holy one, the perfect one, the precious one, the best one, the loving one. On the other side, the Antichrist, the devil, the destroyer. The killer of lives, the one who will send so many to hell. Christ, the truth, the way to heaven. Antichrist, the way to hell. Christ despised by the world because people don't love the truth and very few accept the truth. But yet this man admired by the world, rejected, and yet received. In the end, there's one who is a savior, and there's one that is a destroyer. One will be exalted, and every knee shall bow before him, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all, and one will be cast down, and people will wonder 